Welcome to the Shoot This Now podcast. I'm Tim Malloy. I'm Matt Donnelly. And this is the podcast where every week, what do we do, Matt? We talk about ideas, anecdotes, uh, stories we've heard, magazine articles, other podcasts, anything that we think would be or make amazing film or television and should be adapted immediately. Thus, Absolutely. Shoot This Now. And in the, that's why we call it Shoot This Now. Totally. Not because it's like a gun thing. It's if not a gun thing. If you're looking for our NRA podcast, that comes out on Thursdays. That's uh, called Shoot This Never. Yeah. Yeah. That's called Keep Shooting, Brah. Oh, my God. What would we call our NRA podcast? Um, NRA. <laughs> um, yeah. So past episodes, we've done things like a series of tweets that should be made into a movie. Sure. We've done magazine articles that should be made into a movie. We've done fake magazine articles that should be made into a movie. Yeah. Last week, we did... We do true stories sometimes. True uh, stories. For, I, we haven't done this one yet, but, you know. Yeah. One of our... Yeah. True stories that have no one has discovered at all yet. Yeah. We did the life of Angela Davis. We sure did. We did uh, a Craigslist ad for someone's apartment that is meant for affairs, mm-hmm. for people to come in and have affairs. Yeah. If these sound good to you, you should listen to past episodes, and yeah. you should also review us on iTunes at the iTunes store. Absolutely. It's great karma. Uh, it's great karma. Apple's one of those companies that's still okay. You can still <laughs> trust Apple. <laughs> Go for it. So this week we're going to talk about Sean Hannity, mm, who uh, the country is sort of talking about this week. But on, on a coincidental move, everyone's talking about him, and we're going to talk about him too. Tell me if you saw this one coming. Sean Hannity and Jimmy Kimmel got in a big fight that ended with Jimmy Kimmel apologizing for being homophobic, and Sean Hannity inviting Kimmel onto his show. It kind of feels like Hannity won that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kimmel made some sort of anti-gay comments insinuating that Hannity and Trump were having a sexual liaison or a series of sexual liaisons. Right. And uh, he apologized for that yeah. because it was bad to use I that as a way to... It started with... Kimmel made a joke about Melania Trump, the first lady, and then Hannity lashed out at Kimmel and called him Harvey Weinstein Jr. and also escalated their beef to Disney, whose television network ABC produces Jimmy's show. Right. So then in response to that response, Jimmy just said something like, um, does the president like you on bottom or does you just something about it? So which, and cause we talked about this earlier, people sometimes make the, uh, correlation that the worst thing that anyone could ever do is engage in man on man sex, which yeah. is homophobic. Yeah. There's a way to make that joke. He's basically calling him Trump's toady. Yeah. Um, or like his sort of secondary a not as good a not as good member of the partnership as i guess the insinuation there yeah. as if or, being or a, a submissive to yeah is which is saying. you know that's a lame thing to say yeah. um and Boo. definitely rooted in definitely brought in like a insult to a whole bunch of gay people in addition to the person he was actually totally. trying to insult which is so funny because what we have to talk about today is also very insulting to gay people and not the first time it's involved sean hannity funny story Sean Hannity also has a history of saying things that are not cool about gay people. The Fox News host does. And maybe we should start at the top. Okay. Quoting Hannity from a, 19, from a 2013 yeah. interview in which he said, Over the years, I have evolved into more of a libertarian when it comes to people's personal lives. So Sean Hannity now may be totally woke mm-hmm. on these issues. I use the word woke again. I hate that I word, but I can't find a better way of saying yeah. it. Um. Yeah, and I know, and I'm saying it a little ironically because I'm sure Sean Hannity would hate to be described. The worst slur we could use against Sean Hannity is woke. It's woke. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I don't even like. Should we call it the people who like name iPhones like for a better word, <laughs> or like do slogans? Like, what would it be? What would it ever be? I don't know. Decent. 
smizing. I don't know. Like <laughs> I was thinking of like awake. Yeah, just uh, be yeah. decent. Decent, yeah. Just be cool. an okay person. Just be cool. <laughs> don't be uncool. Just be cool. That's a real housewives job. Do the bare minimum yeah. to show respect to other humans. That's all. <laughs> That's all it takes. Oh, my God. So this story is really close to my heart mm-hmm. because I-, I was dumbfounded when I heard about this. My friend Eric, who used to be a DJ at KCSB, UC Santa Barbara's college radio station, informed me that Sean Hannity also used to be a DJ at KCSB, UCSB's college radio station. And I went to UCSB. And by the way, for anyone who's not a California resident, UCSB means the University of California at Santa Barbara. Yeah. It's the best school in America. Um, Okay. It's a great school. Best school, but best campus? Because the University of Southern California has its main campus here in L.A., doesn't it? It's one of the most charming colleges in California's Central Coast. It has produced such uh, luminaries as Michael Douglas. Amazing. Um, non-graduate Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, who went for a semester before she got a job and then dropped out. And she's one of your all-time favorite people. She's one of my all-time favorite people. Uh, comedian Moshe Kasher went there. Oh my God! Oh, uh, I can. Oh, I can only imagine what he was like there. Um, he made. He says in his in his autobiography or memoir, I guess it's a memoir, um, that when he applied to UC Santa Barbara, he said, "Look, I am totally sober. I have quit doing drugs and everything at the age of like 15. You need me there to sort of provide ballast against all the people who are wandering around like drunk and stone zombies all the time up and wow. down Isla Vista." Referring to me and my friends, which I did not appreciate. Um, yeah. But it, it has a reputation as a bit of a party school. It's a little bit of a party school, but also, like, it's in the context of, like, Santa Barbara is the American Riviera. Yeah. It is the most stunningly gorgeous place full of, like, nature and some hippies and some Hollywood money. And not too far away is Montecito, which is real, the Oprah real suit of power. Oprah country. It's, um, it's such a beautiful place. It's, Perfect it's Mediterranean climate. Just in, it's ridiculous is what it is. And so two-time college dropout, Sean Hannity went, that's where I should go. This is the place um, for me. To try to get a job in college radio. He is 27 years old. Oh, God. Looking to get his start. Uh, according to a great Washington Post article that was written about him, it was 1989, coming up on the 30th anniversary of this. He was doing a lot of handiwork. Mm-hmm. Um, he was doing stuff like hanging drywall, painting, yeah. things that are great. Wallpapering. And... Yeah. and Way more valuable, some would say, than what he was doing on college radio at UCSB, which was having kind of a shock jock type show um, where he would he talked about being like sort of a conservative voice in Santa Barbara. But his sort of side hustle was saying some things that were, well, I'm not going to characterize them. I'm just going to you're just going to read them. Just going to throw them out there. This is the content he would he would proliferate on the airwaves of one of the most liberal, wealthy limousine liberal <laughs> places yeah in the world yeah yeah uh in april according to the washington post article hannity shared his theories about aids as a tape of the show reveals quote what is the cover-up all about that the media is hiding from the general public contrary to what we hear in the general media you can get aids from saliva from tears they won't let you say it's a gay disease oh my god uh, he also said he wouldn't want a gay teacher telling his child that homosexuality is an alternative lifestyle, and this is from the Post. He egged on a guest who claimed that AIDS was spreading among gay men because they consumed each other's feces. Wow. Um, Jody May Chang, who also had a show, Gay and Lesbian Perspectives, offered a, you guessed it, Gay and Lesbian Perspective on KCSB, calling in to Hannity's show to have a talk with him. 
Um, she mentioned she had a son, and Hannity replied, artificial insemination, aren't you married to a woman, by the way? She said she was. Hannity and his guest, an anti-gay activist, bantered about how her son came to be. The guest referred to turkey-based her babies. Oh, my God. Hannity said at one point, I feel sorry for your child. Uh, later in the hour, Hannity added that, quote, anyone listening to this show that believes in homosexuality is just a normal lifestyle, has been brainwashed, these disgusting people. Um, Hannity is subsequently kicked off the air um, because UCSB is a, KCSB is a pretty liberal station, I think it's yeah. safe to say. Um, he calls the ACLU and <laughs> says he's being kicked off because he's a conservative. Which is kind of like him pulling a huge stunt in itself, right? It's, we see so many later Hannity tactics in 1989 when he's 27 years old doing college radio on a show uh, at a college he does not attend. Um, he goes after the media and says the media is hiding the real story. This is in 1989. I mean, like in wow. 1989, the media wasn't even that liberal, I don't no. think. I can remember reading things on like the LA Times and going like, oh, like it's, it's good to get both sides right. here. And there was no connectivity like with Twitter or, or like where a story can amplify so quickly. Yeah, he was really ahead of the curve in calling out the fake media or the fake news or whatever. Um, and then also this, I think you have to call this a troll, going to the ACLU, which is well known in 1989 because in 1988, George Bush has accused Michael Dukakis of being a card-carrying member of the ACLU. Oh, wow. And called him a liberal. And these were two meant to be very pejorative things. So Hannity is well aware of the ACLU's reputation when he goes to the ACLU for help. And I think it's like, I think he's almost daring them to turn him away. And I'm, I don't mean to read his mind, but if I were him, this is what I would do, because yeah. this is kind of funny. <laughs> kind of daring, <laughs> daring them to turn him away so he could say, look, the liberal ACLU believes in free speech, but not conservatives free speech. Now, of course, this is the thing that we're getting into with Laura Ingram right now, where... Yeah. Are they being criticized for their conservative beliefs? Or are they being criticized for saying things that are totally beyond the pale as human beings? Um, it's funny. There wasn't a huge sort of boycott of Ingram when she was just talking about conservative things. Okay. There was a boycott against Ingram when she talked about David Hogg uh, whining about college admission yeah. to a series of schools, including UC Santa Barbara. Oh, my God. That's literally amazing. Um, Hannity, of course wasn't kicked off the air for being conservative. He was given a show where he was conservative. He yeah. was kicked off the air for the stuff he said about gays and lesbians. Um, so I think this is the setup to a pretty good movie, a sort of comedy of errors where everybody <sighs> is sort of going, okay, I defend this guy, but ugh. it's like a real test think... of like how, how free you think free speech should be. Yeah. I think too, there, there are, two things going on something else that's super timely there's something else that's super timely about this too where it's not just worthy of adaptation because he's in the news this week it's sort of like showing you like like you said this is who he was at 27 and yeah. there's so many prototypical tactics of him that were already sort of baked in there before yeah. his ascent through media but also I don't know if you saw the stuff about the Simpsons this week. Mm. Um, they sort of responded to a a resurfaced criticism of one of their most historic episodes where they go into the backstory of a poo, uh -huh. um, an Indian gentleman who runs the Quickie Mart in Springfield. And in an episode that aired last week, they sort of address it after many months of like a, a backlash of how sort of racist the actual content was from yeah. so many years ago. And they used a 
I don't want to get into like explaining what they said, but the, the thesis of how they responded to it was to say that no one is fully formed and perfect until now that we realize that there's so much inequity and there's so much racism and like that kind huh. of stuff. Like people in today's world um, are growing up and, and sort of maturing and crystallizing with a set of values that reflects a fair and wonderful culture, yeah. but something that was praised, like their episode about Apu 20 years ago that now reads differently, they shouldn't have to be responsible for because they are on their own immersion, emotional journey to mm -hmm. grow and to learn mm -hmm. how to be em embracing, even the most well-meaning liberals. So I, I think it's sort of like, that's not what Hannity's case is. I think he's maybe always been this way. And that to me is like a great origin story, almost like a villain's origin story. Yeah. Does that there, make sense? There's kind of a problem of, is there anybody to like in this story? No. Oh my God. I can't believe you just said that. I went to um, a live taping of Watch What Happens Live recently. Okay. The Bravo franchise. And the entire cast of Vanderpump Rules came. <laughs> I've never seen one episode of the show. And my friend who I brought was a huge fan of it. And she was freaking out. And I'm like, what is it about the show that's so good? And she's like, here's the thing. Um, Casey Wilson, who's a comedian and an actress, yeah. um, broke it down the best she had ever heard it, which was like, it, I hated seasons one and two of Vanderpump Rules. And then I woke up in the middle of the night one night and I realized, <laughs> oh, my God. They're all villains. Yeah. I don't have to like anybody on this show. Yeah. She's like, we're so conditioned to have to like love some people. There are heroes. There are villains. There are like soft little mom characters. She's like, this is a show full of assholes. This yeah. is full of villains. I don't like anybody. And now I love the show. Yeah. It's funny. I was reading Bonfire of the Vanities a little while ago. Yeah. And I realized there's no one in this book I like. <laughs> there's not a single person who is cool. Uh, but it's so readable. Sorry, we're just picking up all the construction, but it's fine. Let's let the, the working men and women of America finish their toll, <laughs> toil so that we may continue our toil. Oh, there's that, that's my annual, my every episode Tim judgment. Now, now that I've just made I didn't a judgment. do that. I wasn't criticizing you. No? No. Okay, I thought I was, it was like, oh, well, while the hardworking people use hammers, Matt will just sit here and pontificate on his microphone. No, no. I work next door to this construction project. I know for a fact that we work harder than they do. Oh, good. <laughs> Um, if anyone's hearing a little bit of hostility in my voice towards the construction project next door, it should be known that they dropped a rebar column on my car. Yes, on his car. Um, and it would be it would be funny if I said like they dropped a rebar column on my Lexus or something, yeah. like so that I, you know, cell phone myself as yeah. an elitist jerk. But it's not even a very nice car. It's a hybrid VW. It's a 2013 hybrid but, VW. And it, they don't make them anymore. And you were very upset. I was very upset. You're still very upset. I'm really upset. Okay. Yeah. There's probably enough here for people to identify me and uh, run me off the road. Exactly. But cool. now, but, but it's speaking of villains all around, that's what it, you were just saying, that you don't like anybody. Like it, it's not every story has heroes. Sometimes they're all villains. And I think that in this story, there are things about Sean Hannity you would kind of root for. Mm -hmm. He is like the blue-collar kid from Long Island who's like suddenly thrust into like Fancy Pants, California. Um, and he is trying to say something totally different, and he probably did meet a lot of people who are intolerant of his conservative views, sure. and you can kind of root for him as an underdog, but then it just turns when he takes it to this, takes it to this area he doesn't need to take it to. And this is something I've had with a lot of, a lot of conservative columnists. I would be interested in hearing someone who is a smart, thoughtful, you know, argument and fact-based person talk about why they are conservative. I'd love to hear that. Uh, it's just that it seems like there's always some kind of social issues, let's call them social issues, also known as prejudice, mm -hmm. mixed in that doesn't help their case at all. 
Yeah, I, I, I think the emphasis often, <clears throat> and how do I say this? Without, um, so I'm not speaking as like a reporter now because yeah. those reporters are objectives, but um, I think too often that there's an emphasis on balance yeah. regardless of what facts are yeah. or regardless of what like de common decency calls for. And yeah. like common decency is, it's just, you know, to say something as outrageous as gay men are getting AIDS because they're consuming yeah. each other's feces is the most ridiculous, but it's the most blatant, purposeful fear tactic yeah and like and like like it's what they do it's what it's what pundits do and, yeah. and the left can be just as guilty as being completely over the totally. top and dramatic and um you know uh but i just think that like to well me, maybe not i don't know i mean i think the left does definitely engage in some ridiculous generalizations yeah. about the other side also, but I don't, I don't see like that is so oh, hateful no. yeah i'm not comparing the two but also i think sometimes what the left can do is let um uh, uh, sort of instead of talking, uh, instead of programming and, and using their levers of decision to to tell stories about people of color and, and unrepresented people, they like a lot to let white people feel guilty about it mm. on their airways. Like, you know, the, the tears of the white mother kind of thing. Mm. Um, uh, that's sometimes can do that instead of like just giving the spotlight to something else. You know what I mean? Like the, I don't see a lot of engagement there. Instead but. of something we talked about earlier in this show, amplification. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Using your using your platform and your resources to amplify. And an idea we are crediting to Kumail Nanjiani who yeah. introduced it to us through <laughs> a speech I at an award ceremony we attended. Um, but one thing I wanted to point out too is that I, uh, I think that what the adaptation would look like in, in my head, which, and by the way, it would be an adaptation of this spectacular Post article. That's that's yeah. the source material we're talking about. It was written by Mark Fisher, it's so um, good. Uh, in the fall of last year. And this is only like one sixth of the article. Oh my God! Yeah, it's extremely super elaborate. Um, is I think that in, in keeping of if this is a villain origin story, I would love to see Hannity as a twenty seven year old like wearing overalls and hanging paper in a nursery in this beautiful cliffside community of of yeah. Santa Barbara. And like, what are the triggers that make him? who he is yeah. like what like and then in in this piece we'll try to link to it or maybe put it on twitter when the barbara um, streisand type <clears throat> is like go through the servant's <laughs> entrance <laughs> or like um he i just picture him like maybe like sodding something and like there's the ladies who lunch luncheon happening oh, yeah. off to the left and they're hearing them cry about like oh god will the hunger strike but you know stuff like that yeah um but there's a there's a story there's a newspaper story about all of his antics from that time and there's a picture of him yeah that's like the most staged shock jock yeah he's on a princess telephone speaking into a dangling microphone like it's so self-aggrandizing and i'm yeah. like he's trying to like form himself out of clay or, or marble i guess in this case yeah um also earlier i called him a two-time college dropout um he attended two other colleges besides i guess santa barbara for a little so bit three time um i'm not digging on him for dropping out of college lots of people should drop out of college <laughs> like there's there's no inherent benefit to college but it's just it's just to put in perspective like what a kind of roamer he is at that point in his life and how he hasn't found his voice and hasn't found his destiny yeah. and then he does find it in the least likely place <laughs> um, and I think he found it in opposition to something. I think he was surrounded by so much like, let's call it limousine liberalism. Yeah. I mean, it's probably more like smoothie liberalism, but it's it's a very like comfy bourgeois liberal place. Yeah. He, d he sees the hypocrisy and he sees the BS in it and becomes this hardened uh, lump of coal in opposition yeah. to it. It's also, I think, important to point out, too, that it, th if there's any smoothie or limousine liberalism going on in Santa Barbara, it is a very homogenous community. Oh, very where much they so. are not confronted with anyone. Like, so to be a limousine liberal in New York is to probably go outside of the 90th floor of your, um, you know, Riverside Park 
yeah. Manor or or Park Avenue or, or or anywhere else, and like interact with other people of color. Like Santa Barbara, especially in the eighties, oh, was uh, Blythe Danner, Kate Capshaw, Steven Spielberg country. There's a great diversity of music by all kinds of different white people. <laughs> I wasn't there when Modest Yahoo was popular, but I suspect he was oh very God. popular. I have to tell you, I saw Modest Yahoo when I was in college. Did you? I did not understand a goddamn <laughs> thing he was talking about. I'm like, I'm like, this sounds so cool. And then I'm like, this is what the thing is. And he played at this very famous um, reggae bar in Philadelphia called Gojo's. Cool. It wasn't. It was very tense. Because <laughs> Philadelphia is not 80% white. Thank oh, God. Wow. Thank God. Well, yeah, I'm just going to say uh, I've seen 311 like 400 times. It's just like you would be between classes and it was like, oh, 311 is oh, playing they again. In Storm Throwing Plaza. the quad. Yeah. Oh, 311's back. Yeah. Cool. Glad oh, we got some must diversity. Must be 311 because here's 311. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you have a dream, Hannity? To, I, I have yes, an idea for I think I would. I oh, do. I'm dying to know who you want to play, Hannity. You talked about Casey Wilson yeah. um, and you showed me a scene from Happy Endings, which was I did. very funny. Thank you. And. Um, her co-star in that scene, Adam Pally, oh. would actually be a very good young Sean Hannity. Wow! Not that I think he shares any views with Sean Hannity, but I no. think he's he could be a good. Sean I Hannity. think that Adam Pally would love that that comparison or that that suggestion. Um, that's hysterical, and I think he does want to do drama. So when you hear Adam Pally story, yeah. Um, I used to go to a lot of shows at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York when Adam Pally was on a really funny team. Um, of three guys, I forget their name, but they were all, they were great. Um, God, I wish I could remember. It was like a trio. And they were basically like the Beastie Boys of improv. Like oh they had like God. the same dynamic. They were super fast. They were super quick. And they did, at one point, I just like had a terrible stomach issue and had to go to the bathroom in the middle of a show. And of course, I was in the front row of the show. So I left and Pally stops the thing. This is like way before he's famous or anything. He stops the thing and like calls me out and like, what are you doing? Like, we're all doing our walking imitations. Everybody's doing their Christopher walking imitations. Like, oh. You're walking out during walking? And it's like, like, of course I'm walking out during a walking yeah. imitation. Like, that's the hackiest thing you guys it have done really all night. Is. Like, you've done a great show. But Boy, are walking, my arms tired, yeah. You're going to hang your hat on walking? So he like berates me. I come back and then they do this thing where they're playing tennis in their chairs on stage and he keeps ramming his chair into me. Oh my God. Uh, like, to punish me for walking away, I guess. Um... And then at the end, spins around and quick handshake and like, hey, sorry, I was just messing with you. It's like, of course, <laughs> totally fine. Totally fine. It was funny. It was really funny. But, you know, since now I edit a popular entertainment site, my goal <laughs> is to destroy. Destroy. Use, use any megaphone you might have yeah. or, get in, or get your hands in reach of and destroy Adam Pally. Um, no, he, I'm, I still no. would like him to play the plum role of young Sean. Of young Sean Hannity. Um, I also he tells this amazing story about getting fired from an Ellen Burstyn movie. She direct. She finally directed a movie like I think it was like two or three years ago, and had been trying to package it for two years. Oh my And man. she hires him, and he gets the job. And apparently, he, she's like a big. Or his, I think his dad loved Ellen Burstyn, so he gets the job. He calls his dad, and then she calls back the next day and says, "Well, sweetheart, listen, cupcake, the studio wants someone famous, and they'll give me more money. Aww. So wrong, I, you can't do it." And like, because how do I say this gently? Not that she's an old lady, because she's a very she's a legend, but like maybe not as aware or as uh, as sensitive to um, the breaks. 
and was just like, oh, they're going to give me more money for someone famous. No, you can't have the job. Love you, sweetheart. Like, like wow. oh, so she was just, yeah, so, but he took it really well. And I just think it's, so now he can have the Sean Hannity role. Don't you have to make up a reason instead of just saying you're not famous? That's enough? what I'm trying to allude to, that she did not feel the no filter, the need to do that. Um, I mean, kind of good for her, I, I know. guess. But he, ben Affleck honest. has a great joke about it. He had to fire. He, there's a, there was a different actor who played the villain at at the Customs in Argo, who had to let the group of Canadians get on the plane. Oh, nice. And they said the first actor was like really over the top, like a Rex Harrison cartoon, like twirling <laughs> his mustache, and then. Um, Ben had to fire him, and then someone's like, what are you going to say? And he's like, well, I'm just going to go over there and say, look, sir, your penis is too big for this role. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a tag to this story that I know you'll like. Okay. Uh, a couple years after Sean but yeah, Hannity. No, I'll like. I can't wait to hear this. No, yeah. Sean Hannity leaves um, Santa Barbara and gets a radio job in Alabama after. Re- just real quick, by the way, yeah. I have a choice for young Hannity, too. Oh, you do? It's controversial, though, but I'm standing oh, by. Oh, okay. The y- especially the young one in the in the newspaper photograph from when he was shooting the show. Yeah, I think that could be Andrew Garfield. Oh, that's great! That's excellent. Come on, that's absolutely excellent. That's better than could, mine. They could, he couldn't pull off the aged Hannity because um, Andrew is thin and young, <laughs> and not a demon. Um, <laughs> but, I don't think Hannity is is chubby in that picture. Um, no, no. I mean, I mean, he couldn't do like if at the end of our movie. He we would cut to current Hannity. The current Hannity. The, uh, Garfield could not age make up that part. You'd have to cast a different actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we cut to the pictures of the real Hannity. Yeah. Like when oh. you see Tina Turner performing at the end of What's Love Got to yes, Do with It. Yes, or when you just see the silhouette of Nixon lookalike in the post, and which then, we talk about almost every week on this podcast. Yeah, that must yeah. have really gotten its hooks into us. And then, like, my uncle stands up and does a slow clap at like, that's he came from nothing and he, he became <laughs> he became our. White people have problems too, Timothy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know why I chose my uncle for that. I don't even I don't know, know a particular uncle He'll, in mind. It's okay. Yeah, so if you have more than one, don't name him. And then we're... I'm not. Cool. I'm not. What was the tag to the story? The tag of the story? Yeah, you said there's a really good tag on the oh, story. Oh, there's, never, there's two things. Okay. Um, the first is he then goes to work at a radio station in Alabama after saying he's the most controversial college DJ in America. His official bio, according to the Washington Post, I hope I can find this part, is that he um, has partly, in his spare time, he likes making lesbians angry or something like that. Oh, my God. Um, Which is sweet. It's a cool thing to say. Um, And then another character comes onto the UC Santa Barbara campus a couple of years later. Future American hero to Matt Donnelly. Oh, my God. Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes. Wait, what, what was she playing as? Oh, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. She no, just no, shows no. up. At UC she just shows up, like, yes. And, you I know, because she's should... like the, the opposite of Sean Hannity in every way. Like, yeah. She's like a... Yeah. yeah. Or like, uh, and, and if you know anything about Gwyneth Paltrow, when she was uh, she was going to UC Santa Barbara, she was driving to LA for auditions. So I imagine she was missing a lot of class. Um, and her father, Bruce Paltrow, didn't, who was very important and influential in her life, did not want her to be an actress. And they and her parents begged and implored her to go to college and said, you can drive down on weekends or at night if you want to audition, but you have to at least go to school for one semester. And I think at the time, Blight Denner was working out of the country or across the country. So um, that's when her, Gwyneth and her father started learning to cook. Oh. And obviously, if you know anything about Gwyneth Paltrow now, she has essentially left Hollywood to go run a massive lifestyle business that sort of started with her wanting to share her knowledge of cuisine and cooking. So I think like that's a really good origin story for Gwyneth Paltrow. That would be really funny to have playing in the peripheral of this hateful Hannity movie. Or 
just make a Nancy Myers movie about Gwyneth Paltrow's life and have Hannity be the B story. <laughs> yeah, I'm liking the Gwyneth Paltrow story more and more. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow, the Santa Barbara years. Yes. Yes, the SB can years. We, can we open it with a frame of me working at the Daily Nexus in 1995? Yes. yes. When a tabloid newspaper calls the Nexus and says, can one of your reporters go rustle up some information on a student, a former student there, Brad Pitt's new girlfriend? Hilarious. Gwyneth Paltrow. Amazing. To which I said, no. You're like, no, I have a feeling she'll be very important to a person I'm close to in years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm gonna, they'd have to go to the yearbook room and that's all the way over there. I'm not going there. No. I have tickets to 311. I can't go dig up information on at, at 4.15. That's, that's a lost opportunity. Wow, guys. What are you doing? That's a missed chance for marketing. Um, one more thing. The last thing I'll say about Gwyneth Paltrow is that while at UC Santa Barbara, she um, went, she got her first job and it was a leading lady role in a TV movie. Wow. And she desperately wanted to take it. And her father refused to let her take it. And that movie was Cold as Ice. The Vanilla Ice Story on VH1. What? And she, she was like, Dad, they're going to give me like $20,000 and I get to be the bleed. And he's like, what's the script? And she's like, The Vanilla Ice Story. And he goes, over my dead body. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he begrudging let her be an actress and then he starts quality controlling. He's like, no, the, what, the TV movie of the week? I, Amazing. I, I don't think he was wrong. No, he, that was stellar advice. Man. Um, any closing thoughts? Um... I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just think that, no. I mean, what would we call it? Um, In Hannity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, there's another kicker. I forgot. Um, years later, when Hannity is paired with Alan Combs, his liberal arch nemesis, yeah. um, he at one point on the show accuses Holmes of being a card-carrying member of the ACLU. <sighs> <laughs>